And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Reflections from a Student and a Professor, written by Sonia Montiel. Thinking about this edition of Adaptive in the realm of education, I became curious. I was aware of the increasing terminologies and actions taking place to build more inclusive educational environments. However, aside from the external efforts of creating places of belonging, I wondered about the belief systems that our students and educators have especially when it comes to understanding the intention of designing with disability in mind. So I asked one high school junior in Shanghai and one design professor in California to share their thoughts, beliefs, experiences, and actions taking place in their world of education when it comes to this theme. Professor Bernie Dixon, co-creator and co-owner of Mom and Pop Shop, adjunct professor of graphic design at Chapman University. How you do anything is how you do everything by Martha Beck. Bernie Dixon can only live one way. As a wife, parent, teacher, and consultant, she leads with empathy and compassion. In the past, she's experimented with having determination and diligence lead the way of connecting to get to outcomes that she wanted more quickly. However, Outcomes were not happening as efficiently as she would have liked. She said, when I take the more loving, kind, and patient approach when connecting with others, I experience further growth personally and in the relationships I am wanting to create. That connection is a foundation to all the outcomes that she has ever desired. Being a mother of two autistic boys, building connection wasn't easy. When they were first diagnosed as young toddlers, she knew that she had to adapt her life to ensure that they not only felt included, but also knew that they belonged. There were times when her and her husband tried to have the boys fit into social norms, but only discovered the boys were further disconnecting from creating relationships. Bernie reflected on how her and her husband had this epiphany that they were trying to force their sons into people who they were not. When they realized this, they changed their therapy style to a bottom-up approach where they met their sons where they were at, and together they would develop connection skills as a family. Empathy took the priority. Shortly after the change in the approach, Bernie noticed that the family was experiencing more joy, more play, and more inclusion to one another. Her experience as wife and parent helped her become vigilant in her observation of behaviors coming from others. Applying the bottom-up approach, whether it was at the grocery store, parking lot, or classroom, she would ask herself, how can I meet them where they are at? Her habit of thinking moved from interpreting what behaviors were to investigating behaviors as a way of communicating needs. Bernie sits in the stillness of connection observing and listening to get accurate information. Nowadays, in a world where being constantly busy is valued, deciding to be still and slow down the pace takes intention and courage. Now, imagine what her classrooms are like at Chapman University. 
As a design professor, Bernie immediately recognized an issue with her college-age students. They were unable to receive critical feedback and engage in discomfort when there were disagreements with their ideas. Initially, responses were almost childlike, where college-age students were reactive when things didn't go their way. Bernie said, at times, what was said in class was so offensive that these comments created an unsafe place for everyone. Without consideration of others, these students were running their lives in silos. That's a problem when it comes to teaching future designers how to consider inclusivity and adaptation as future professionals. Bernie joined forces with Professor Rachel Schwann at Chapman University to change the script of design. They created a collaborative course called Interdisciplinary Design Investigations that uses Stanford Design School's text, Creative Acts for Curious People. The specific goal of this course is to bring humanity to the design field, thoughtfully considering how creative connections can be made using artistic practices, innovation, and research. On a personal level, Bernie and Rochelle wanted to have their students experience how the process of design is deeply connected to their personal experiences, which influences how their design creates connections with others. Their current project is working with the Campus Cross-Cultural Center, where students are tasked to repaint a mural on the building's 80-foot-long hallway that represents every community member at Chapman University. Being mentored by muralist Damon Lejeune, students must consider all ideas, all community members, and all possibilities to agree on a collective design. When it comes to designing with disability in mind, Bernie believes that we must first begin with empathy to understand need and to challenge perspectives and ideas that have been looked at over and over again. We need to begin where we haven't looked at yet, Bernie says. Raising this challenge through an interdisciplinary approach in any college course is absolutely critical in creating a place of inclusion and belonging for everyone. Robert Chun, high school junior at Shanghai American School, Puxi campus. I asked Robert, what does design with disability in mind mean to you when it comes to reconstructing constructs with principles of inclusion and integrity? This is Robert's response. To me, design with disability means placing yourself in the position of others to maximize understanding and empathy. My first attempt at designing with disability was roughly a year ago when I met Tian Bao, one of the strongest, kindest person I ever met. Tian Bao wasn't discouraged by the obstacles that life presented him. His infectious beaming smile followed him wherever he went. My teammates and I observed and imitated his innovative ways of navigating hallways using a white cane or feeling different textures on the wall to walk to the bathroom. These methods helped Tian Bao pursue his passions for working out and developing meaningful relationships with his friends. However, as Tian Bao has told us, the process of adapting was difficult and full of trial and error, something that we also realized from walking alongside with Tian Bao and also through personally trying his methods of navigation. Our research team asked, in what ways then can we help Tian Bao complete daily tasks efficiently? 
This question lingered as I dove into a research project analyzing different assistive devices for low vision individuals. Instead of focusing heavily on the technical aspect of assistive devices, like the Microsoft HoloLens, I attempted to structure my analysis around the human aspects of these devices, the weight, the cost of devices, and even the accessibility of devices. My interactions with Tian Bao reminded me that people with disabilities have nuanced needs and only can empathy bridge a gap of understanding and allow us to realize such needs. But not all devices were built with such intents fully in mind. Devices are often too heavy, too awkward, too costly to use in daily life and in public spheres. The solution is to design with disabilities in mind. My interactions with Tian Bao and the research I have conducted encourage me to continue empathizing, keeping an open mind, and spreading awareness about my discoveries. I am extremely grateful to have formed a friendship with Tian Bao. I hope I can share my experiences to contribute to a wider effort that strives to uphold inclusion and integrity. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.